Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Pastor Jose raises his family, but it's the way the kingdom establishes that we ought to raise our family. So I covered last week, if you all remember, and you were with me last week, there were four, four bare essentials. How many? How many? Four bare essentials for every family road trip. Of course, there's more, but there are four bare essentials. And we started with the first one, um, the binoculars, right? And and I shared that this was very similar to having what? A what? Does anybody remember the first one I gave? A vision, a destination. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to have a horrible family trip, all right? So you got to have a destination for the planning. Next, does anybody remember? What was it? Instructions, instructions. If you don't have instructions to where the destination is, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there. Where do we find these instructions? God's word. God's word for us all teaches us and gives us an outline for how to raise our families. Not like this world does it, but the way God wants us to raise our family. Remember, there's a big difference between the way the world does life and the way we as believers do life. Are you all with me? You're all with me? Oh, everybody's with me. Okay. And then the third one, the third one, does everybody remember the third one? Huh? Supplies. Not surprise, but supplies. And in the supplies, what did we talk about? Talking about nourishment. We need nourishment for every family trip. All right? Uh, So what did we talk about? Two things that all men... All women, children, we all need two things. Everybody remember those two things? Come on, water and bread. Water and bread. And who's the bread of life? Huh? Who who is the living water? Jesus. All right. So, so, and then I said that there was a fourth one. There was a fourth one. The bare essential. In fact, it's one of the most important ones. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Does anybody remember that fourth one? What is it? What is it? Who said it? Jewel. My goodness. Jewel. Money. Listen, if you don't have the finances to go on this road trip, guess what? No matter how many supplies you have, your destination, your instructions, it's not going to move. You're not going to be able to have it. And the reason I wanted to talk about this topic, and if you have been part of this ministry from our inception in 2017... I haven't really talked much about the topic of giving or the topic of finances. I haven't done, and I don't think I've done enough of it. So what I want to be able to share with you are the things that have been a blessing to my life, things that I've added on to my life as my lifestyle, as the way I live, because I am a believer, I am a Christian, because of what I've read and what I've learned. And so I don't want to rob you of the opportunity for you to get all of these fundamentals. If I talk about marriage enough, have I talked about marriage enough here? Yeah, yeah, I talk about marriage a lot. Do I talk about family quite a bit? Talk about family quite a bit. Why? Because it is very important and it matters to me that your families are healthy, that your families are well. So this is why uh, we're going to be talking about the area of money. I'm not going to be able to uh, cover it all just in one chat. So there might be uh, the, the possibility that we may extend it uh, for next week. It may or may not happen. Let's see how much we cover today. I want you to go out of Luke chapter 2, and this is how we're going to start. This is, uh, the scene here is uh, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus is still in the womb. All right? So I want to read the scripture. And, and then I'm going to elaborate a little on this. And while they were there, the time came for her to be, for, I'm sorry, 
for her baby to be born. All right. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in, in strips of coal and laid him in a manger. Anybody remember manger? Nobody remember manger? That was David a few years ago. Uh, we laughed so hard with David and the babies, uh, Jesus and the manger. Um, but she laid him in a, in a manger. And, and, be, and because there was no lodging available for them. Hold on, I got to read this again. That, that don't sound right. She wrapped them in snugly in, stri in strips of clothes and laid them in a, in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. All right, so Joseph and Mary had a need. Somebody say a need. So Joseph and Mary had a need. What was the need? What was the need? What was the need? They needed a room. They, they needed... They needed to lodge somewhere. They needed to sleep somewhere. They needed somewhere to pause and rest. They, they had a need. Jesus is born in a manger, not because he was poor. He's, his, his father was looking to rent a place, a place for this baby to be born. He was looking for a room, but all the rooms were occupied. All the rooms were occupied or so the people weren't willing, willing to give their space. They weren't giving to, to, to give their space. Um, so when we read this story, we read over and over that there was no room at the end, at the end for Jesus. Like if there was a hotel and um, they couldn't find a room because everything was, was booked. Well, the, the, the true, the reality is that every home in that area had a guest room or a upper room attached to their home, and that's what they would use. It's almost like a, what's the VRB, what's the VRB, Airbnb, right? So, so they had an extra room, but the Bible says that there was no room. So there was a need, and, and, they, and they, they couldn't um, get this need to be filled because everyone said that there was no room. Giving, somebody say giving, is God's kingdom currency. Now, there was a need in these people's lives, but the need could not be fulfilled. And the need could not be fulfilled in these people's lives because people weren't willing to make the space. So somebody said, I don't have a room, but there is, you, you can sleep with the animals. And that's where our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born. Because everybody, everybody had occupied the space and no one was willing to give up that space. Now, this world will tell us to hoard what's, to hoard your earnings, to hoard what you have, to hoard your uh, resources. The kingdom says to give. Now, Jesus comes to earth, and Jesus' purpose to come to earth is to give. Somebody say give. Jesus comes to not just only give salvation, not only to give peace, not only to give forgiveness, but also to give sight to the blind and give freedom to those in the prisons and to give to the poor. What do you think a poor person may need? Resources resources and Jesus comes for those reasons Jesus comes from heaven to earth to give us a better life somebody say a better life and not just a better life but a better life than the one that we have now go with me to John chapter 10 verse 10 the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy Jesus said my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life in another version, it says to give them life abundantly. That's what, yeah, you can say amen to that. Jesus wants you to live a better life. So if we go with me to the third letter of John chapter 1, this is what the apostle John is saying to one of his followers. 
And he said to uh, one of his followers who was a leader of a church and who supported traveling leaders, um, his name is Gaius. And Jesus said this out of uh, uh, third book of John chapter one. We got it there. He said, beloved, I pray that in beloved, that if you all have received a text from Hector, that's how he calls all of us. He calls us beloved brothers. My beloved, like if he were prince, my beloved, that's how he talks to us. My beloved, my beloved, that's Hector. Um, but this is John and John said, beloved, I pray, <laughs> I pray that in all respects, somebody say all respects, all respects, you may prosper and be what? In good health, just as your souls prosper. John is greeting Gaius with the well wishes of a proportionate prosperity. Not just any prosperity, but a proportionate prosperity. This means that John, who is uh, Gaius's teacher, is telling that follower, he's telling him, it's not God's purpose for man to prosper disproportionately. Did you hear that? God does not want to rescue or save just a portion of your life. He wants to rescue and save every portion of your life. God doesn't want some parts of our lives to advance and grow and for others to dwindle. God doesn't want God doesn't just want us for uh, us as Christians to go around with a prosperous soul while our bodies are not well. He wants, he wants a prosperity that's proportionate. Money and resources, the management of money, the management of our resources is an aspect as important as the soul of a man. In order to understand the economy of the kingdom, or as I like to call it, the kingdom currency, kingdom currency, you have to learn a valuable principle about the kingdom about the kingdom. Again, um, prayer is a discipline. This is why we pray as Christians. We pray because prayer is a, is a discipline. Reading God's word in the Bible is a discipline. And the reason we read it is because it is a discipline. Worship and on and on. Giving is also a discipline. However, it is a discipline that many people run away from. And I want to be able to share these things that in the same way that marriage and parenting and even living a single life in general is different as Christians, the way we manage our finances ought to be different. Good. Thank you, Jemaida. Where's George? All right. Come on, bro. Need some love. Money and how we manage money should be different as Christians. The way we handle our resources should be different as Christians. Remember that when I opened the conversation today, Joseph and Mary had a need. He goes into a town and everyone shut the door on the need. And someone said, hey man, I, my room is occupied, but that's what I have and I can give you that. And that's what they gave Jesus. A stable. And many of us in our giving, in our giving, we do the same with Jesus. That's our giving, a stable. Now, I don't have time to get into all of the details of um, the topic of money because it's, it is so important. So again, I said, we're going to develop it today. We may talk about it next week. So I hope you don't run out today. Look, all, all, of, our all of our viewers dropped. It's okay, I know who you are. <laughs> but let me do an illustration. Come here, um, Angelo, come here, because I love you so much. Look at him wearing caprice. Look, he wearing caprice today. That's what's up, bro. <laughs> That's his grand. <laughs> his grand, his grand, this is Michael's pants. Okay. So, so, so listen, listen to this. Um, Angelo, extend both of your hands out. Both of your hands out. 
straight in front of you, okay? Make two fists. Make two fists, all right? With your, with your hands only. Leave your arms together. I want you to motion giving. How do you motion giving? You're about to give. Give, okay? You give with one hand or two? Both of them. Okay. Now, I want you to now motion receiving, okay? Give. Receive. Give. Receive. How do you receive? How do you receive? How do you give? How do you give? How do you receive? How do you give? How do you receive? Now make a fist. See, many people give this way. Open your hands. In the kingdom of God, both, both giving and receiving go hand in hand. In order for you to receive, what must we do? So you can't receive if you don't give. So many of us are yet, yet to receive God's abundance in their life because they don't know how to give or they refuse to give. You got that principle? That's just something simple, just, just, just to illustrate, all right? So our giving, our giving always offers an opportunity for us to receive. As we give, we receive. It's a law, and it's God's law. All right, so thank you. Can we give Angelo a hand? Um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 19. I want to give you this conversation between the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul and a church. And the reason I want to give you this scripture before I get into my chat today is because there, there are miscommunications of scripture sometimes. And sometimes we like to apply portions of scripture without the rest of the content. So I want to give you the full content, all right, of the scripture before you start claiming this over your life. Be careful. Listen, this is a letter that Paul is writing to a church. The church in particular is the church of, of Philippi, the Philippian church, okay? So it's almost like if he were writing to the Scarlet Note Church in Newcastle. So instead of Philippians, it would say Newcastle. So this is what, this is how he's writing this letter. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Next, quickly. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's not the verse I'm talking about. We're going to get to it. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He's writing to this church and he says, as you know, you, Newcastle, Philippians, he goes, were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. And just like I'm not teaching you this because I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys. That's not what we're doing this. But listen, he goes, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. He goes, I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God, this is the scripture, this same God, there's a different version, God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And I see how many people go, oh, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But, but there's a contingency. This scripture doesn't apply without the first principle. You cannot separate the result 
without the action. The action of giving resulted in God supplying all of the Philippians' needs according to God's riches and glory. This is why they kept giving. And Paul is going, I have enough. I don't, I'm not even writing this to you guys. I'm not writing this to you guys because I need some, I, I need help. No, I'm writing this to you guys. I want you to know this principle. My prosperity isn't because of what I earn or my career or my business, but because of how I, how I give. So to chat more on this topic, I'm going to ask Rebecca to join me. Um, Jose, they're going to join me in this conversation quickly. Who we here for Jose and Rebecca? And as, as we speak today, um, you guys can take your... Um, uh, I'm going to start with Rebecca, both Papo and Rebecca. Um, you guys in, in your profession, you guys are engineers. That's what you both have degrees on. It's engineering. I know that you are teaching and you're doing engineering to what capacity? Uh, like business development. Business development. Okay. So, so, um, as we're, we're, we're talking about this now, you Rebecca have gone, gone on to, uh, now possess your master's degree in finance and finances. Okay? okay. Now, Rebecca has joined our team here at Scarlet Note uh, to work alongside of Lonnie so that together they, they kind of manage and they store the finances here of the church. So um, the giving that you give, um, uh, our expenditures, all of those things, um, the, 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 the budgeting, all of those things between you and Lonnie, you guys um, kind of uh, work alongside of each other to do that. Now, um, you've become quite passionate about managing money. Yes. You have become very passionate about it. Yes. Would you say? <laughs> so the reason I want to yes. talk, the reason I want to talk about this topic is because many of us Come to church looking good, praising God, stomping our feet, saying how good God is. But when we leave here or while we're here, we're stressed about money. We have no money. We don't know how to use money. And money owns us or we become slaves of money and on and on and on. So we want to have this topic. We want to have this conversation to talk a little bit about this because, listen, money should work for us and we should be the lords of the money, not the money being lords of us. You got that? You sure? Okay, so I want to get back to this real quick. So I want to back up. There was eight years in your life, eight years where you were the only one working, yes, right? Because this man did not want to work. He was a mm -hmm. horrible man and mm -hmm. he didn't want to work. No, but there was a situation that... Uh, Jose, Jose has MS, all right? And as a result of MS, you were not able to go to work because of that, that illness. However, during that time, you, you both agreed in a household that Jose was then just going to go ahead and pursue his engineering degree while he was home. So not only was he home going to school full time, but he was also home uh, raising his children. He wasn't watching his children he was raising his children, okay? And so you both made that agreement. Yes, that worked for us because we didn't want to send the kids to daycare. Right. And they said, okay, let's do this. But also I didn't want Jose to be at home and uh, uh, grow. But, but he decided and we decided he could go to school. Again, I, I did have a say. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> I did have a say. But the issue and the circumstance, you were like, you know what? I'll stay with the kids. At the time that I'll stay with the kids, I'll just go and get my degree in engineering. Some of the most well-behaved children you'll ever run into. <laughs> this guy. <Yeah. laughs> All right, no, 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 let's get back to this. Now, in that time, because of the circumstance of you being ill, you incurred some debt. Yes, before having my, my job, uh, we have, he had a relapse. So he had pre-existing conditions before our insurance um, kicked in. So we have a lot of debt that we carry from 2012 
-hmm. And we were now living with almost uh, $20,000 in debt, 20 grand in debt. Mm -hmm. um, and you were looking for help. Yes, yeah, so I, I remember in 2016, 17, we were, I was overwhelmed because I was handling the finances and also I didn't want to bring more stress into Jose, into Pablo, because he was, had been dealing with relapses. Mm -hmm. So as a wife, for me, I was taking re the responsibility of the finances, but I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. So I went, it came to that point that paying the debt was difficult because we were living life. We moved to a new house. We yep. bought a house. We had to buy furniture yep. and was difficult. And um, so we, I went, we went to our bank that had been our bank since he was 16 years old. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's look for help. So they said, yeah, we can give you a loan. So the loan is 12, 10 to 12% interest. So when I was up about to sign that loan, God spoke to my life and I was like, how much, let me count, $20,000, 12% is going to be around more than $2,000 after, yeah. yeah, than interest. So I said, it's more cost adding to the debt that we already have. So I say, no, you know, I'm not going to sign anything. I'm going home. And we pray about it. Yeah. We pray about it. And we sit down. We and prayed. We cried. Yeah, we fight sometimes. We fought. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, and uh, the engineer, the engineer, uh, Demon, Edwin Demon say that without data, you are a person with an opinion. So we were having a lot of opinions. Right. How are we Slow down. To... Say that again. Say it again. Without uh, data. Without data, mm -hmm. you are another person with an opinion. With an opinion. So we were having a lot of opinions. How are we going to pay this? And we try for two years. We try and we get more debt on top of the debt that we had. So at this point, after we pray, we went to back 12 months in our spending and our bank accounts. So we reviewed. So you you went and you assessed twelve months. Twelve, 12 months, months of, of your... our bank accounts, okay. and we went line by line. And at that time, I was the only working. And when we saw line by line, and we did the categories and what were our expenses, expenses, and we saw okay, uh, our mortgage, our important bills, our yep. mortgage, our insurance, our giving to God, uh, was about. 55% of our income every month. And I said, okay, where did the money going? And only 5 to 10% was going to pay debt. So 30% was going to Starbucks, yes. Dunkin' Donuts, yes. uh, going to Wawa to put gas and buying a soda, a uh, going to McDonald's and buy a burger that we didn't need because our budget already included groceries. But on top of that, we, we were buying uh -huh. stuff that we didn't need. So... We were praying and crying, but when we saw the data, we opened our eyes yep. and we say, hey, we can pay 40% towards our debt because 30% is going nowhere. So oh, we're going somewhere. Yeah, but nothing that it's is important somewhere. for it our really family. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> it's going, what's going to this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> no, but that is true. Without data. That's where our budget's going, Becky. <laughs> without data, you just, you just another opinion. another opinion. So when we saw this data, we decided to make a plan. And uh, it's difficult because it takes self-control, a lot of discipline. But we did it like, I did like a huge spreadsheet. Okay, 55% is going to our bills, and that included our giving to God, our 10% to God, okay? Yeah. So, and then... 40, and we'll talk about the, that 10%. Yeah. We want to talk about And 40% was going to paid bills, and it's going to cost us, uh -huh. because people are going to say, hey, let's go to have dinner together. Hey, we're going to see pictures on Facebook that people are going on vacations, going to the beach, going that, that, that. So, for three, no, for 12 months, we created a plan, 12 to 15 months, and we're going to pay this $20,000 in this time frame. And we did it. But it takes a lot of discipline, self-control, closing your eyes to whatever is happening mm -hmm. and with other people. And we did it. Yep. We did it. It's why I'm passionate. It's why I chose to continue doing my education in finances. Now, now talk, to, talk to 
us about, you said that in your main budget, okay, you did not waver in your giving in the church. What does that mean? Yeah, I, did you remember in May I preached about, um, I shared about how I came to the point of So giving. you're plugging your own plugging message. Plugging her message. I'm sorry. Plugging her own message. 20-something. Yeah. You can no, check no, it no. out on Podbean. So how, how I learned the concept of giving, I learned that from a lady from church, yep. that she took her time, her money. Pause there. So the reason we're sharing this today is because we don't want to rob any of you of the opportunity from learning this essential bare essential okay fundamental that you we all need it and unfortunately because because we don't talk about it many people struggle and god goes it's not their fault you are not teaching this you need to teach it this is why we're having this conversation yeah, so, so a lady in church i was to you. seven years old mm -hmm. and i share about struggling all my life uh, um because my dad was not around and stuff like that. So that lady took her time and in a summer um, summer uh, season, she grew some uh, cilantro plants and she, every day I will come to her house, she will be ready with like 30 bunches of cilantro. I will go and sell that cilantro and in, the way, in my way back, she will count the money with me and say, hey, this is 10% of this money because I was seven, I didn't know math at that time. And she will say, this is the 10%. And say that next day I will do the same, and on Sunday I will give my 10% to God. And right. that was my first experience. So how do you give it to God? I went to the church on uh -huh. Sunday, and I put it in an envelope, and I give it to, to, the, to the church. church. Okay. And how I came with this concept, and since, since I was six years old, for me, I learned that concept about this is holy. And I learned... It's sacred. It's, I learned that concept from... Like an act of love and compassion from God. Actually, let me give you, there's a, there's a scripture out of Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, that says, thus, uh, it says, it says, thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So, so the tithe, that 10% is holy. If something is holy, it means it's, it's sacred. You got it? What is it? Sacred. And I can tell you guys that I have been in struggles like paying debt. Uh -huh. And uh, I have been in struggles paying my school in Mexico. I have been in struggles when I didn't have any spare cash to pay my public transportation to go uh -huh. into school. But never, never God has failed me. So sometimes we see our situations and when we were paying our debt, we could say, hey, we can pay 50% to our debt instead of 40% because we had 10% for, for the church. Yeah. But for us, that is holy because God is bigger than the situation that you're going through. God is not, like God is not part of the situation. No, God is bigger than that. So for us, and for me, like all my life, I have been given my 10%. And that moment when I was six years old was five pesos. Now it's a different amount, but I don't waver that. So so in the, in the tithe, if you don't understand, a tithe is 10% of your earnings or 10% of everything you have. And God says that 10% is holy. Do whatever you want with your 90%. Well, not necessarily do what you want. You want to be responsible. But, the, the, but your 10%... It's holy. That's holy. Look at it as something sacred. That part is sacred. I was taught this when I was young. My father taught us to give. My sister Jomaida is there. And, and that part, it's, it's holy. When I was raising my children, I taught my children the same thing. 10% of what you make. When you receive birthday gifts in the envelope, all those birthday gifts, yes, good. God, you're going to give 10%. No, I don't you know, like, no, you're 10% take it out. And we wanted to teach our children that if we are obedient to God, if we are obedient to God in what he's asking of us, that, that 10%, you would always see, you would always see the abundance in your life. And that abundance doesn't come because of my 90%. The abundance comes because of my 10%. You got that? Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. that's, that's we, the thing that was, again, 
remember, she's the only one working. I'm at home. I'm not able to do a lot. And as a man, you would take it as a, like a little hit to the gut. Like, I need to provide some way. And while she was working, I kept making sure everything around the house was taken care of, the kids were okay. But I also made sure that her faith didn't fall. I kept saying, babe, it's gonna be okay. God is in control. Let's keep doing what we're doing. And most of the time, it didn't look like that. And to see my wife frustrated, because again, we could say, oh yeah, we got, our debt was paid off. Yeah, it, 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 was, hard. it, it was hard. But in the midst of all of that, we still saw the hand of God in everything we did. And you mentioned that it's obedience. And sometimes obedience don't look good sometimes. No. look uncomfortable. But let me tell you something. We paid that in, in, tw in like 13 months, 12 months. But we didn't have a budget for vacations. We didn't have a budget for nothing. But God, it's amazing. We, I was awarded to be one of the best employees, and they sent us to Costa Rica with all the inclusive. Oh. And I remember telling ah, them, because they were going to Puerto Rico, and we were like, we didn't want to share our, all our stuff with them, because we didn't want them to feel like, oh, we need to help them or something like that. But we said, we can go to Puerto Rico. I'm sorry, you go on a family vacation, but we cannot do that, because I'm not going to go through that to go to vacations. And part of our problem is that some of us are living in houses that we can't afford and we shouldn't afford. Part of the problem is that some of us are driving cars that you can't afford or you shouldn't afford. And, and part of the problem is that you're, we're doing things with money or we treat money with no respect, with no, uh, we just don't. And so, so it's, we don't say I can't. What we, what we say is I'm going to find a way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to do it. So Rebecca couldn't go with us to vacation, right? Yeah. Couldn't go. And that's and amazing because our, our trip to Costa Rica was the same week. Same so week. God provided a vacation for us the same week that they went to Puerto Rico. And it was not just, it was first class. It all was, inclusive. It was all inclusive. Papo, pa, I mean, this guy's walking around in a robe, you know. I was. Yeah, a spa, was. everything that we wanted. They're feeding had. them grapes, and you know. <laughs> we had our vacation with the CEO of our company. So that you can imagine all the luxury yeah. that we had included. But take, a, and it was easy for us to say, let's get a credit card at 18 months without interest. Let's go with them. Yeah. But we say no. We say no because uh, something that I'm learning also from my, I learned from my degree, I reinforce a lot of concepts that I learned when I was growing up. My mom will always say, don't spend what you don't have. But when I came to America, people were telling me, What's hey, the American lie? You can have credit cards. You need credit cards to build your credit. You need to credit cards to have, buy a house. We bought a house without no credit. Cr uh, credit cards. So when I went to my, my, my master's uh, schooling and a degree, I reinforced a lot of concepts and I discovered that a lot of things that people told me here in America, they were, they were lies. They were myths. And they were myths and they were, they're working on myths that they're not true. Yeah. So I learned that, hey, you don't get credit cards if you're not able to pay your bill that you already have. So that is something that we don't do. And now that we pay our debt, now that I learn and I have training and basic understanding, now we have credit cards. Because, but we have credit cards to buy something that is in our budget. So our groceries, we go to Walmart. I had 5% um, cashback cash because I already have a budget to spend $1,000 a month in groceries. So I use credit cards for that. Okay. we. We do gas for our cars. We use credit cards so for that. you get that. the cash back, and you get the cash back, but you uh, still pay. Exactly. Yeah, you, you pay it. So, so you don't owe it. And uh, um, a lot of data has shown that when you use swipe the credit card, you are willing to spend more because you're not seeing the cash that you're spending. And, and it's a big, big mistake that we make. And it's the big American lie. It is the big American lie. If you are not from originally from America, you were born somewhere else, you don't have credit anywhere else. You save money. You make a hole in the ground and you put money because you don't even trust the bank. And you need to have money, like in Mexico. It's needed. In yeah. Mexico, you are sick and you need to go to the hospital. 
you better have money because before leaving the hospital, you had to pay your bill. They're not going to leave you. They're not going to allow you to leave. You have to ask mom, dad, or grandpa, whatever, because you had to pay your yeah. bill. So coming to this country, the culture of this country says, oh, no, no, no. We're going to give you a plastic card and that card. You're going to be all right. And what happens is then we adapt the culture of this country. And that's the difference between kingdom living and this world's living. We don't live according to this world. We live according to the kingdom. And the kingdom, the kingdom says, we don't live this way. We don't live by those laws. We have a whole different currency. And when we talk about the currency or the economy of the kingdom, it's in giving. It's in being generous. Generosity is the, is the currency of the kingdom. Not hoarding, not saving. That's not, that's this world's system. So what this system, uh, the kingdom system says, hey, trust me with 10%. Trust me with 10%. Be, be responsible in how you manage and you store your finances. Watch what I'm going to do. And listen, I, can, I, am, I am proof, and Becky can tell you, my kids can tell you, that um, living generously, being able to give, to give, to give, to give, has outpaced any kind of income that this world could ever give me. I, it, it outpaces it. I remember there was a year that um, Becky and I, in the previous church where we were at PDH Ministries, we wanted to purchase uh, furniture for the church. We wanted to give some things. And we told the children that that particular year, we it was a sacrifice that we made. We didn't do it all the time, and we're not asking. No, that's something that we did. We prayed about it. We felt it, that we were going to skip going to an expensive vacation because we wanted to... Uh, purchase these things in the church and we wanted to make this investment in the church and that's what we wanted to do and then we did an alternative vacation and that's what we did and nothing gives me more joy than to know that almost 20 years later that investment in that church is still contributing to the saving of somebody's life and somebody's soul 20 years ago 20 years ago all right and listen my children never had lack we never, we never, they were, they never lived a life where they were, they had suffered because dad was generous and mom was generous. And you touched a, a good point about being generous. And when we were saying, when we have our struggle with paying the debt, we committed, okay, we're going to give it 10% because for us, that's a law. For, for that, that is holy. However, another part is being generous. generous. So now we are the point that, okay, God help us to heal that. That, that, that we were having, and now we can be generous. We can uh, give more than our 10%. And uh, giving for me is like when you do exercise mm -hmm. and you, you're practicing, you're giving, you're giving, you develop a muscle. And, and I believe that is for me is generous because you are grateful and you, when you are generous, you, are, you have your eyes open to see the need of others and be able to give to strangers, able to give to people that it's not your mom and dad. It's easy sometimes to give, but it's other people that you see the need. But when you are giving and you are exercising that muscle, it's easy for you and you have your eyes open to hear from God and to see the need and give. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to cost you a lot because you already developed that muscle. And for us, uh, we live a life of sacrifice. We don't have luxurious cars. We don't have nothing that my clothes from Walmart. I, I don't care because for me, I know how this works. I know how it's our lifestyle and to see the needs and to see my nephews and to see people that are in church that I can bless with dinners or stuff like that. For me, that is the payment and the reward. And also, it's coming to me like, the example of the giving. You give and, and things come right. to you. No, we, 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 we gave at a moment where it was just super tight. And there was medical um, medication that I needed. And I needed it and it was out of our budget. It was out of the insurance covering. And God made a way. When you're talking about half a million dollars for medication. And it's only my wife working. And God says, I'm going to give this to you. It's already covered. Don't worry about it. That's how God works. God, God again, we, we, we think that it's 
God, oh, if I give this, God's gonna give me this. No, it's it's in different things, it's different yeah, so, aspects. So 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 to to elaborate on that, what what you know to get the 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 full picture, because of the illness that Jose has, there there he had incurred thousands and thousands, and it's not was just the twenty thousand. It was the medication that he still needs ongoing. Very, very, very expensive. And it's not within their budget to cover those expenses. However, supernaturally, yes. because of kingdom currency, God goes, because you're faithful, and that 10% there, that little bit, I see your faithfulness, let me take care and let me exalt you in abundance. All right? And so he, ha he, and he does so, and he does so supernaturally. And then you see supernatural moves uh, uh, that are happening. Like, I don't deserve that vacation because I can't afford that vacation. God goes, ah, I see, but your faithfulness. And then you, you, that faithfulness is, is, is blessed by God rewarding you supernaturally. And, and so I don't know about you all, but I have story upon story upon story upon story. And I go, oh, my goodness. You heard Paul when we read the scripture. Paul's going... I have everything that I need. I, I'm, I have everything that I need. I know how to live with much, and I know how to live with little. The problem is that many Christians freak out because they don't know how to live with little. And if I have little, then I'm going to get a second job and a third job and all of that stuff, and I'd rather sacrifice my family. I need to sacrifice time, sacrifice um, having time at the church or, or anywhere else because I have little, so I got to go get more, 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 more. And God goes, uh-uh, where is the little? Go back to the little. Go back to the little. Be faithful with the little. Be faithful with the little. Listen, for 10 and a half years, I lived in a home that, listen, financially, I shouldn't have had that house. But God made a way, a supernatural way for me to have that house. In that house, that was the house that I was able to take care of my mom. Was able to take care of. I had my mom-in-law in that house. I, I I had siblings. I had. I, it was that house was. It it, it literally looked like like it it, it looked like a, it a hacienda and I, everybody and everybody lived in that house. But listen, from the moment mama from the moment mama passed away and I took care of mom at home. Mom didn't see a nursing home and that was just my conviction. I took care of mom at home. From the moment that mom passed away, listen, everything, everything moved supernaturally for me to sell the house. Um, kids got married. People moved out. Everybody, and we were able to downsize. From the moment my mom passed away, it was almost as if God was creating an environment for us to be able to do what we needed to do supernaturally to honor that woman. Because that woman, that woman, that godly woman taught us these Taught, taught us these principles by which we are now living, and, and God was honoring her. And, and so uh, we, we sold the house, and Beck and I were able to transition out. We're empty nesters, but I still see God's supernatural abundance in our life, not based on our income, based on our giving. Got it? Okay. And it's not only about giving. It's about... Um have a pure heart and have self-control because that is part of uh, of singing that's sin if you don't have self-control you are you are committed sin mm -hmm. so it's self-control because i have a lady and one of my friends say i don't have a job right now but now i have more in my bank account than when i have a job so sometimes it's about what you are lacking but it's about how you manage in your finances so i believe as as a, as a christians we have, like you have mentioned in the road trip, it's not all about worshiping and loving Jesus. It's about our whole yeah. being, our soul, about being healthy, about being wise in our finances, about being wise in how, how we eat, where we eat, how we sleep. So it's about us as a whole, as a whole person. So I believe that a lot of people are struggling not because they don't have an income coming. It's because they're not managing their uh budgets they're not managing their expenditures and that is also they i encourage you when you go home don't look like 12 months to like us but look like you 
past three months of your bank statements and see where your money is going. Because maybe you can discover things that you are assuming, but I remember without data, it's only an opinion that you have. And, and you can find your, your spouse about, hey, no, you're spending money. No, you're spending money. But look where the money is going, and that can open your eyes a lot. When I bought my first home, I was 21 years old, okay? When I bought my first home, Becky and I bought our first home. And I remember I sat with a financial advisor and I sat down and she put the button and she says, so for the next six months, I'm going to assess, assess your expenditures. I'm gonna assess how you manage your money. And then I'm gonna, we're gonna come back, we're gonna regroup and then I'm gonna give you um, what, my findings. Uh, six months, she had access to all of my, you know, and she says, just live life. Just, just do life as you live it. And we went, okay. So uh, six months come, I go back to the advisor, I sit down, she goes, now, do you want to buy this house? And I said, yes, I want to buy this house. Well, you can buy this house in nine months. You can buy this house in less than a year, in nine months, if you did this. And I said, all right, what, what is it? And she had highlighted, she had highlighted, all right? Shut up. She had highlighted, you know what it was? Two things, blockbusters and Domino's Pizza. Block, anybody remember Blockbusters and their not rewind fees for two for two fifty? Don't rewind and late fees. Like th- yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank goodness for the church of Netflix. <laughs> no, no, no. But but listen, she said if you eliminate this, this you'll be able to buy that house in nine months. Nine months later, I bought the house. Okay. I, I lost a little weight. <laughs> but but no, 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 listen. And the reason I say this is because, you know, when you look at the people of Israel and the people of Israel, the, the people of Israel still to this day, they practice, they practice that, 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 that 10%, that, that holy giving, they set that aside. That is sacred unto the Lord, sacred unto the Lord. And this is why they live a certain way versus, you know, the rest of the nations. And, and we, as the adopted children of God, adopted children uh, into Abraham's family, this, this applies to us as well. And generous living, the reason, the, the reason that we want to encourage um, you to pay attention to, to this and revisit this in your home and in your livelihood is so that you can live generous lives. Not generous so that all you're doing is giving money to the church, but that you can be the uh, exception. When I read the story of Jesus' dad and mom looking for a place, everybody else shut their door. No one had anything to give to this family. And we want you all to be the exception and not be that one where you go, I have more than a place for you. You come in. I have more than enough. And listen, our brothers and sisters around us that are hurting, this is, this is not government's responsibility to take care of them. All of us. We should be helping our brothers. We should be helping our sisters. I've seen people here in their generosity help people with cars, help people with, with furniture, help people with um, groceries, help people pay. I mean, I, I've, we have some very generous people here. So the reason this lifestyle is important is because of our generosity. Generosity worships God. Generosity is a blessing for you and your home. But you can't be generous if you're in debt and you're broke. Four or five people get that. And don't be don't be afraid to give. Mm-hmm. Even in our circumstances when they're not a good situations, we don't waver the giving to God because God is faithful. God is faithful, and it's a law. You sow something, you sow seeds of tomatoes, yeah. you're going to get tomatoes. Jesus so said it's this. not a lie, so you, you cannot. These are Jesus' words. He said, give. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured you in return it's a law that's a law what you do it's 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 you're like i said you can't separate the action from the contingency or the condition you 
can't separate those two. And it's also, you have been talking about families, about your kids. So also you're giving and you're trusting in God is going to um, guide you and your path in your life. Remember, I'm kind of the, I was the, the child in Mexico that sometimes didn't have nothing to eat. And I was able to finish my, my, my bachelor's degree as an engineer. I was able to finish my master's paying zero pesos or zero dollars. Pesos? Because, we don't have pesos here. Pesos, my, my bachelor's degree. My, Again, because of the faithfulness, even in her extended uh, diligence of furthering her education, God says, I'll take care of that education. I'll pay for that. You, you won't owe it. I'll, I'll pay for that. And he took care of it. So, don't be Oh, oh that deserves a hand clap. Yeah. Like, education is expensive. Yeah. School debt yes, is expensive. Is. And they pay for everything. Yeah. And you need to be wise because they say, we're going to give you $16,000 per year to do your education. I could be greedy and say, I want to go to this school and stuff like that. So I had to be wise and say, I'm going to choose a school that have a good name, but can be under that budget. So you have to be wise in all the decisions that you make. Because I can say, hey, 60,000, okay, let me go to this school and I pay the rest. No, I say, no, I don't want that. So I show the school that I wanted. But I wanted to say that be faithful, trust in the process because God leads you in your path. God, you see your situation right now, but God is going to leave you in your path. And I have seen my life since my growth, since I was six years old to now, and God led all my path. Yeah. And sometimes I was in the public transportation in Mexico, and Papo was like in, in the public transportation two years ago, only for fun. I said, Papo, let's go to, to take a bus in Mexico, and he saw the conditions. But I was there, but God had lead in my path, even when I see that it's too difficult, even when I see that how I'm going to be able to learn English, how I'm going to be able to do stuff. And I dream a lot, but God make every dream come true. When Rebecca, when Rebecca got the phone call for the current job that she has now, you've been working there how long? It's going to be 10 years. 10 years. When she received that phone call, she was face planted cleaning a toilet because that's what she was, that's what she could do when she got here to this country. She was cleaning a toilet and she got the call about this job opportunity. And she thought it was such, it was a joke or someone her, that she hung up on a guy. The guy called her to give her this job and she's like, this is a joke. This is not true. And she hung up on the guy. Oh, she hung up on the guy because the guy was speaking to her in Spanish. Spanish. And she was like, how in the United States am I going to get a job where I can speak Spanish? Very good. Again, because she didn't speak English, God made a provision. I'll get your job. I'll get your job where you're going to make more money. And it's all going to listen. And I'll make sure that you don't even have to learn the language. Yep. In this country. Yeah, I remember when we have a chat, my former boss, they say, you hang out on me, and I have five more people for this job, and I, I don't know why I call you back, but he called me back, and he offered me a job, and, and I did an interview, and I, you need to see this. I, need to, I did an interview in English because I had to be with five people, and we were studying YouTube videos for my interview because my English was that bad that I had to learn what to respond. I had to learn the words because I was not able to speak can you, can any you do, English. Can you do the little voice I laugh at when you do it? What? The little high pitch voice that you do. Oh. He said that I had another pitch when I work. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you calling Silent? <laughs> Maybe because I learned from a video everything. That... <laughs> I thought that was good. I was like, keep it. <laughs> so we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping this up. And one of the things I, I observed with Papo and Rebecca that they are they are generous to people in their community. They are generous. The people in the church community they are generous to me to my to my wife yeah I, I have to say I'm you know I'm I've been so blessed by them and and they're 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 just generous to us and um and I remember this this kid in my house crying because she just didn't have enough or it she, she had left her country she left language she left family stop don't cry she 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 left all of those things I remember this kid and then for her to turn around and go, Dad, where are you going on vacation? And I tell her, go, I'm going to take care of three, four days for you. I'm going, great, God, thank you, Lord. That generosity from mama to myself to her to her children. Listen, God's blessing endures.
for generation to generation. I, I am still, I am still living off the fruit of what this, of the seeds that my father sold, and he's been gone for almost 20 years, and I'm still harvesting all of those things. You want to change your children's future? Let's learn to be generous. Let's learn to keep God's tithe holy as something sacred and, and go home, revisit, have this conversation. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.